Welcome to the Story Night Podcast, a place where we share hearts, our hurts, and how God's wonder intersects with the story of our lives. A ministry of Calvary Mac. Here's our host, Jessica Campbell. Hi, ladies, and welcome back to the Story Night Podcast. Tonight, my guest is Kim, and I met Kim through my cousin, Emily. If you've been listening for a while, you've heard me mention Cousin Emily many times. She was a guest on episode 10 and has just connected me with so many women who have incredible stories and the willingness to share them. So thank you again, Emily. I'm really excited for Kim's story, not just because it's a beautiful story that glorifies God, but the timing is just incredible. We actually initially planned to have this released a long time ago. And long story short, we are doing it now. And the timing is just right because October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And this is a story that covers a breast cancer journey. So Kim, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being willing to share your story. And I would love to just first invite you to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell a little bit about your life today. Yes, said my name is Kim. I live here in Pensacola, Florida with my husband of 17 years. He is a police officer and in the Marine Corps Reserve. And I have two children, Leela and Cooper, and a cat and four chickens. So we're just a little, we're just a little family on a little baby fixer upper farm. You know, I love love that you said chickens because I remember one of the very first episodes I recorded back when we were in complete lockdown at the very beginning of the pandemic and this and sweet Janice was sitting in her backyard recording with me and you can hear the chickens in the background and she was trying to, you know, shush them while she shared her story. But it was so authentic. It's like, yeah, this is, you yeah. know, this is real life, right? Just like mamas, they like to announce an egg when it's <laughs> They're very proud of their babies. Right? Well, we're going to uh, get a chance to hear a little bit about your babies, but there's there's a lot more to your story. So I I am going to shush and let you start from the beginning and tell our listeners all about your life and, and what God has done. All right. Well, I grew up in a military family. We traveled around the country like most families do that are in the military. We ended up moving here to Pensacola, Florida, where my parents retired. And we, you know, through the course of moving around, we didn't go to church much. But once we got here to Pensacola, we started going to BBS. We started doing Awana and just really got involved with the kids ministry. And through that, started going to church regularly. And while I was in the kids program, I, at the time, thought I had made a confession of faith at the time and just kind of grew up in the church, did the youth group. But, you know, there, I would go through life kind of thinking, did I really understand what I was doing? I was young. There was a lot of confusion, a lot of doubts. And honestly, I just kind of lived my life and kind of faked it till I made it, you know, because you grow up as a child through church, you know all the answers. You know what to say, but you know I just I, I didn't think anything about it, and I just continued on with my life. I got married to my husband, and it was a little bit after we got married that I realized that I truly hadn't given my life to Christ. And through just the Holy Spirit working in my life, I decided that I needed to accept Christ as my Savior, and I did that. 
And I truly did that. But I kept it a secret because I felt uh, ashamed that I had it. I lived a fake life the whole time, a fake Christian life. And um, I didn't want anybody to know that that's what was happening. So I asked Christ as my savior and I just kept it to myself. And, you know, we, we continued to be in church. I had two babies. It wasn't until August of 2013 that we were at a revival service. And I just really felt the Holy Spirit convicting me and saying, Kim, you need to get baptized. You truly accepted me as Savior. You need to make that public and not hide it and not be ashamed of that. And I just remember sitting there in that chair thinking, I can't do this, God. Like, what will people think of me? But I did get up and I went forward and I said, I need to be baptized. You know, of course, nobody in the church said anything or was upset or they were all rejoicing and and happy. And so I took that leap of faith on September 29th of 2013. And I didn't know then, but it was God preparing me for what he was about to take me through. And he needed me to be faithful in that, in what he called me to do. I learned later in October of that same year that I found a lump in my armpit. I was just shaving my armpits in the shower, you know, like any girl does. And I had this large, like, lump in my left armpit. And I thought, well, that was weird. You know, maybe had ingrown hair or just a bump or something, nothing to be worried about. And but it was decently large. And actually, I started losing circulation in my left arm after I found that. I had a hard time getting in to see a doctor. So I went to Urgicare. They gave me some antibiotics and said, if it doesn't go away in a week, go see your doctor. So I did that. I took the medicine and it did nothing to it. And I finally got in to see my regular doctor and she immediately was like, you need to have a mammogram because between the time of feeling the lump in my armpit and finally getting to see the doctor, I felt like a thick area on the top of my left breast. And I guess in my head, I always thought something problematic would be very circular in shape, pea-sized, but this was like a very flat, thick area in the top of my left breast. So I still didn't know what was going on. I thought maybe some kind of infection or something from a, a lymph node or something, but I couldn't get an appointment to get a mammogram. The computers were down and they were having a hard time scheduling. They said, call back. I finally got a call in and they said, okay, we can schedule it like two or three weeks out. So it was like this long time before I was going to be able to get the mammogram. And so I just thought, well, I mean, it'll, that's my only choice. I have to just wait. And so as I was waiting, we had our regular uh, MOPS program at church, which is Mothers of Preschoolers. And who we had scheduled to speak was Susan Hannum, which was my lactation consultant from when I had both of my babies. So I thought, well, anybody knows boobs, she will. <laughs> so I asked her, I said, hey, Susan, <laughs> I know. I thought, Susan, can you, do you mind like checking this area that I have, I'm just not real sure what it is. And just let me know, you know, from your standpoint, if you think it's something I need to be concerned about. Well, she checked it and immediately called my OB. She just happened to have my OB's phone number in her cell phone, which that's a God thing that she happens to have her phone number in her cell phone. She called her uh, away from me, of course, which I'm assuming the phone call 
was something like, hey, this is legit. You need to have her seen. And they got me a mammogram that day. So I had a mammogram and an ultrasound that day. And um, they said that the pictures looked like moderate to moderately high that there may be something going on. Well, they scheduled biopsies for me in November 13th of that year. And they took three different biopsies of three different locations. And, and they told me that I would have to wait till the 15th to get results. And, you know, what, two or three days isn't that big of a deal to most people. But when you're waiting for results on whether or not you have cancer, it's, you know, seems like forever. So while we were waiting, um, we started kind of looking into family history. I knew that my grandmother on my father's side, my dad's mom, had had breast cancer. She was 30 years old when she had breast cancer and she was pregnant at the time. And this is back in the 50s. And they said that you can either take care of the breast cancer or you can have your baby. And she chose to have her baby. And she ended up passing away shortly after that. My aunt, one of her daughters, also had breast cancer at age 32 on one side and then again on age 36 on the other side. But we had a doctor tell my mom that it doesn't pass on the father's side. So it wasn't anything that I needed to worry about. It was obviously something that I needed to worry about. So ladies, if you have any doctors that tell you that it only passes on the mother's side, that's absolutely not true. Because here I was 30 years old, just like my grandmother, getting biopsies to see if I had breast cancer or not. Um, And on November 15th, Um, We got the results, and I did test positive for breast cancer in all three sites. They said I had invasive ductal adenocarcinoma, and it was HER2 positive. But, you know, through that waiting and just kind of the drawn-out process it was there at the beginning, God was just slowly preparing me. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. And I didn't really understand that verse until I went through this. What is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? I remember sitting in that room and them saying that I have cancer and I'm 30 and I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And and we just looked at the doctor and the doctor just looked back at us and said, were you expecting this? And I said, yeah, you know, yeah, kind of. She was kind of shocked at how we weren't freaking out basically at the diagnosis. Mm. And I can only say that that was that God's peace was on us at that moment. Yeah. She sent us to see the oncologist right away. There was a female oncologist that was actually about to leave to go out of town and she was getting ready to walk out the door, but she decided to stay and see me before she left, which I thought said a lot about her as a doctor. After looking at all the results, she said I would need to go through chemo, a bilateral mastectomy, and radiation, which is a lot to hear. You know, that that was a long road that I was going to have to go through. That next night was the Marine Corps Ball that we have every year. And I thought the timing of that was very fitting, that God would give me a night to kind of like feel pretty, you know. I was about to lose my hair. I was about to lose my breast and that he kind of gave me that, that night to just uh, feel good and, and be with the husband. And it was a blessing, you know? 
and we look back now every year at the ball and think, you know, we've made it another year. And so it, yeah. it's always, it's always fun and awesome to, to go through that. You know, it, it amazes me. I don't even know if amaze is the right word because I guess I've, I've walked with Jesus long enough to, to see all of the ways he cares about details that I, that it's like, I shouldn't be amazed, (laughs) but I am. (laughs) That makes sense. Just listen to your story, you know, the timing, the timing of everything, the, the baptism and the lactation consultant and just even, yeah, these, these little things that I guess we can make the mistake of thinking, well, if, you know, if there, if there is this big, all powerful God that created the entire universe, like, would he really care to give me a day to mm-hmm. wear a ball gown and right. feel pretty, you know? But I just, in your story, I see his gentle, loving hand, just these, yeah. these precious moments. And it's wonderful that you recognize them too, because I do think so often when we're in the middle of a trauma or a crisis, we can't see it's how we we can't see it. We're we're so yeah. overwhelmed by the grief that it's hard to see the 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 beauty from ashes and just all yeah. the little ways that that God's never left your side and that He's still showing how much He cares about you as an individual and sees you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He He does see us and He care, He cares about what we care about. I mean, He knows that. You know, as girls, we want to be pretty and that, you know, our hair in the Bible, it says it's a crown, you know, and to lose our breasts it is just, you know, he knew that. And so I do think that that was God setting it up. I mean, the day after, you know, knowing that that how that was all going to fall into timing, that that was completely a God thing. Absolutely. I hear, you know, I hear a lot of women have, have actually had, you know, just a beautiful moment with maybe a person right before mm-hmm. that person dies. Yeah. And and this wasn't a death of of a person, but it w- it was in some ways a death of something. Yeah. Um, and for you to have that that beautiful moment right before and of course you're talking with us today so we know God did some yeah. incredible redeeming work and so yeah. after this incredible ball where you know the king of kings sees you his daughter his princess you were about to walk through some darkness but he didn't leave you alone that's so true yeah you know right after the ball that next week i had to have a pet scan to see how far it had grown and it did show that there was also lymph nodes behind my breastbone that were infected which bumped me up to stage 3C cancer. I was teetering on stage 4. And yeah, it was super scary. But at that time, I had a decision to make. My attitude would make or break me. I could trust that God loved me completely, or I could wallow in my own self-pity. Again, I had a 1-year-old and a 3-year-old. I could be a good example to them of what it looks like to follow Christ through something like this, or I could be a bad example to them. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understandings and all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. It was kind of, it was then that I really understood what David meant when he wrote Psalms 23. He says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And, you know, we all have valleys in our lives. Some are big and some are small. 
and I'd been through valleys before, but this was a really big one I was about to go through. I also learned that for there to be shadows, there has to be light present. There can't be a shadow without light. And I knew that what I needed to do in that moment was to trust in him and trust that he was going to be good no matter what. And that I was going to be walking through. It says, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say you're stuck there. And I just needed to trust in him to take me through that. One of the songs that really spoke to me through it all was a song by Hillsong. It talks about leading you through the deep waters and trusting in the Lord. It's a song called Oceans. And I just really, really clung to that song that God would take me through these deep waters that I was about to go through. And, and, you know, he did. I had to get a port put in and another biopsy done of that lymph node behind my breastbone. My chemo was scheduled the day before Thanksgiving in 2013. They were going to give me four different chemo drugs, Benadryl, nausea meds, steroids. I ended up being in the chemo room for eight to 10 hours the days that I had chemo because there were so many drugs they were putting in me. The chemo drugs, though, another cool small detail that God did is that one of the chemos that I took had just been approved in May of that year. And so I was able to get the newest top of the line drugs. And, you know, this doctor knew about it and was able to give it to me. And and it did wonders. I mean, there were hard drugs. I had body aches. My stomach was upset. I had nausea. My tongue got really raw and I had sores all over it. Nine days after that chemo, I started running a fever and got really sick. Um, my husband was gone to drill with the Marine Corps, of course, that weekend. And so I had uh, my best friend drive me to the ER. They ran a bunch of tests on me, but it showed that my white blood cells had drastically dropped and I was neutropenic. And basically, my body couldn't fight off anything at that time. So, I mean, the slightest cold would could possibly take me out. And so I ended up being in the hospital for four days trying to get my white blood cells back up. But I learned at that time that who you have around you through crisis really matters. My church family just rallied around me, made bracelets that uh, said trust on them, and they sold them to anybody that wanted to buy one, and everybody would wear them in support of me. They used that money to give to me so I could pay off my deductible for my insurance. They brought me food as I was going through all of this. They watched my kids while I went to doctor's appointments and chemos. And just my friends and family and my church family were just huge, huge in this journey. And I would just say that if you are going through a trial, going through a valley, that you know you need people who will speak faith and hope into your life. Kindness is huge. And, you know, no matter what your personality is, you know, you can show kindness to someone. The person going through cancer doesn't need, you know, all of the well-meaning expertise that everybody wants to give. No negative stories. I had people tell me their awful stories going through radiation about how terrible their skin was. And I just remember thinking, why are they telling me this? And it just made me remember that. Sometimes what I went through doesn't mean that means somebody else is going to go through that. And so that was something I definitely took and learned from in encouraging others as they go through their journeys. And just not to think about a way I could help somebody, but do it if I see someone going through a hard time. After 
my first chemo, I did five more chemos. I lost the taste in my mouth, nosebleeds, my mouth hurt, my nails hurt. I was exhausted. I lost all of my hair. Um, My daughter wanted to know why I was pulling out my hair. That was hard. That was real hard to try to explain to a three-year-old why that was happening. I just wanted to feel normal. All the mundane, crazy days of being a mom, of doing the dishes and folding the laundry and changing diapers and things that I took for granted, I would have given anything just to have those normal days again. I was so exhausted and tired and sick that I couldn't do those basic things for my family that that I complained about before. I just would have given anything to be able to do those again. After my chemos were over, I went to the Mayo Clinic to meet with the breast surgeons there and the radiologist. Um, Because that lymph node behind my breastbone was uh, so close to my heart and my lungs, uh, we didn't know we were going to need a thoracic surgeon to take that out as well. So um, while we were there, we decided that we wanted the radiation to be done at Mayo and not here in Pensacola because they could really pinpoint the spot. Um, Again, my heart and lungs were involved with the radiation, and we were not wanting to take any chances with that. But the problem was it was in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was going to be six weeks of radiation. And what were we going to do for that six weeks? It was every day, Monday through Friday, that I was going to have to get radiation. But once again, God's in the details that he provided. We had a friend here in Pensacola whose uncle had a vacation home in Jacksonville, Florida, and he wasn't using it. And so he gave it to us for free for those six weeks. We didn't have to pay a penny for it. He was a huge blessing to our family in that time. And my husband's job let him take off. They were so supportive. We were just taken care of. You know, God provided all of my needs from the newest chemos to meals and kids care to money for my bills for to a house to stay in for six weeks gift cards for food in Jacksonville. Everything was, all my needs were met. Philippians 4.19 says, but my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he did just that. He This whole time through this journey, he did what he said. He says scriptures, we read these scriptures, but he, he does those things. He did those things. And it was, it's just awesome to see when God fulfills his promises to you. Before my mastectomy, I got another PET scan to see if I did need that thoracic surgeon or not. And it showed that all the cancer was gone and that God had healed me. And a verse that I truly clung to through this was Jeremiah 17, 7. Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, O Lord, and I will be saved for you are my praise. And he, he did. He healed me. He took all that cancer and it was gone. My mastectomy was April 8th. They removed 19 lymph nodes from under my left armpit and two lymph nodes from my right. They removed both breasts. Um, I ended up with two expanders underneath my um, muscles and four drains. And the pathology report showed no evidence of cancer at all was left inside of me. Praise God. It's so incredible to hear stories of healing. No matter how that healing comes about, I, I know there are stories where People just go in and, and suddenly the scan shows the tumor is miraculously gone. And other stories, it's long and it's drawn out and there are doctors and procedures and treatments and medications and, and then 
miraculously still, there's healing. And it doesn't really doesn't matter the way God heals you. He is the healer. And it's incredible to listen to you share. I know, though, that that's not necessarily the happily ever after, that there's still a huge road ahead for anybody who has gone through cancer and gets that incredible report that the cancer's gone. But life doesn't necessarily just go back to normal the next day. So after finding out that the cancer was gone, what was the next chapter that that time like as your healing continued? That time was a little bit hard. You know, losing your breast is, you know, I knew what was going to happen, but to see it after it had been done was, was hard. That was really hard. You know, what a blessing that my husband was during this time. You know, I remember getting a shower, which he bathed me at that time. And I remember sitting down and I was bald. I had no breast. I had tubes hanging from my body. You know, he bathed me and fed me and cleaned my drains. And I just remember sitting there thinking, what must this man think of me? I mean, (laughs) I didn't know what I looked like and that. He never once complained or made me feel less than, you know, he's a Marine and he's a police officer and he's just like a hard, strong man. And he was the most gentle and amazing and kind person that, I mean, I'm just so blessed to call him my husband, to see what it looks like for a husband to truly be what a husband should be was a blessing. To model that Christ-like love. And sadly, there are probably a lot of women listening who have never experienced that. They've never had a father or a husband that really treated them. And obviously, no, no man on earth can, can be what God is, right? They they will always, you know, we're humans. We will always fail each other. We will always disappoint each other. We will always fall short. But to hear just the way you described your husband is so parallel to the way our God is. And if we can allow ourselves to see that, that yes, you know, here is this, here is this God that's powerful and mighty and a king and, you know, all of these, all of these things and simultaneously gentle and loving and caring and nurturing, like these very, I guess, traditionally masculine qualities and traditionally feminine qualities. Like they're just this, it's this blend. Like he's, he's everything. Like when we say he's our all in all, he's everything. And what you're describing is such a earthly picture of that. You know, here's this strong, masculine man that can get on his knees and take care of you, you know, and not, not just take care of you, not just do it well, but do it with a bedside manner and to make you still yeah. feel beautiful and adored and cherished. Yes, it's so true. Like yeah. he, he really was truly amazing through the whole journey. After recovering from the mastectomy, six weeks later, they started uh, my radiation and there was six weeks of radiation every day, Monday through Friday, that I would have to go. And while we were in Jacksonville at the Mayo Clinic, they wanted to do genetic testing because I didn't test positive for the BRCA gene. So there there was obviously something going on through my family and we were passing something 
along. My father also had cancer. He had lymphoma and he had brain cancer. And so there was something going on. And they ran a 21 gene panel and came to find out that I had a mutation of the TP53 uh, gene, which is called leaf from mini syndrome. And basically, if you are a female and you have that, your chances of getting, getting breast cancer is 94%. So I would have breast cancer. And the chances of getting another cancer is pretty high. I mean, in the 70 percentile. So every year now I have to have multiple screenings, a scan from head to toe, an MRI, a colonoscopies, my blood drawn to make sure I'm not getting leukemia. I just have to be checked all the time to make sure that nothing else is going to happen. And I just remember thinking about my children, praying and begging God that the kids didn't have this, that Lila wouldn't have to go through what I had gone through or that my son would have to go through it. And we had them both tested and both of their tests came back negative. Neither one of them had the gene mutation at all. So that was the biggest praise through the whole thing that it stops with me. And my sister, my sister has the gene mutation as well. All three of her children have tested negative. So, you know, it's not a fun road and it's not an easy road, but we just praise the Lord that, that it does stop with us. After radiation, I also had 13 more Herceptin treatments and I had reconstruction. Uh, I've also had a hysterectomy and here I am today. You know, every day I live with my scars. I see them all the time. I have scars across my chest, um, scars from drains, scars from hysterectomies, scars from ports. But there's another song that has recently been speaking to me. It's called Scars by I Am They. And in it, it says, so I'm thankful for the scars because without them, I wouldn't know your heart. And I know they always will tell of who you are. Mm -hmm. So forever, I am thankful for your scars. You know, my scars are a reminder of what he did for me. I'm thankful that I had breast cancer because it, you know, it brought me closer to God. And if that's what it took for me to get closer to God, then so be it, you know? If that's what it took, then that's what it took. And I go back and I look at the beginning of how this all started in August of 2013 when God was telling me to get baptized. I didn't know then that God was calling me to be obedient, even though I thought it was something not important. But he had to take me through a valley and he needed me to be obedient first. I needed to be found to be used. Um, there's still more refining that obviously needs to be done. I'm by no means perfect whatsoever. But I've learned that God is real and that he has been with me every single way through every single detail and that he has a purpose for me. I'm able to serve in the women's ministry at my church. Uh, I was able to go to Israel in 2020 right before the pandemic. Like we literally got home a week or two before everything shut down. But That was a blessing because my pastor had prayed over me when he went to Israel while I was going through this cancer and he put my name into the wailing wall and that, you know, God knew when he put that in there that not only would he be answering that prayer, but that he would be bringing me back to pray myself there. It's amazing that just another thing that God is so faithful in the details to take care of me. But that's my story, you know. 
my God is good and and I praise him for what he's done in my life and I, I'm just thankful here on the other side that it's happened. It was hard. It wasn't fun. By no means do I want to do it again, but again, it drew me closer to the Lord and I am thankful for that. I love your story. I don't love that you had to go through so many scars, but I, I so appreciate that you mentioned the lyrics of that particular song because that that definitely hits home for a lot of women listening. And I would love to ask you to speak directly to the woman listening who is in the midst of her medical crisis or her brand new diagnosis or just in the middle of her cancer treatment and and everyone listening you you know maybe your story is almost identical to Kim's or maybe it's very different but yet you can still find yourself in her story and just how incredible it is to know that you're not alone you can imagine right now that you're having coffee with Kim and that she's getting to take this opportunity to speak some encouragement into your heart. I would first say that if God is asking you to be obedient in something, that you should do it because we don't know what valleys that he's got ahead of us and what things he needs to take us through and that he does take us through valleys. We don't stay there. There is another side to it. There is another side to the desert. And if you'll just trust him and obey and be obedient to him, that he is faithful. He is faithful to take us through it. I would also say that going through this chemo, radiation, surgery, any of that, I had some very good advice given to me before I went to chemo. There was a lady that said, when you go to chemo, you're going to get dressed. You're going to put your makeup on. You're going to go in like you're fighting. You're not going to go in with no makeup looking like death because you're not going to die. You're going to fight, so look like it. And so that's what I did. It's a lot a mental fight as much as it is a physical fight. And I think that's important to not only have your mind spiritually ready, but emotionally. That is so well said. And I think, I hope that everyone listening can can actually take that bit of advice and encouragement, no matter no matter what her individual personal story may be. Thank you so much for sharing this because in doing so, you have to walk back through those chapters. You have to kind of relive certain moments as you're describing yeah. them. And it's one thing for us to listen, but it's another thing for you to to go back, to go back to those moments and those places and see those things and, and hear them and, and smell them and just go back to what it was like. You're, yeah. You are reliving it. And it's very easy for us to put our painful past, put our scars in a box and try and hide them away and never take them out again and never think about them again and never talk about them again. Yeah. But, but when we do, we can yeah. speak into the lives of others. And speaking of connecting with the lives of others, we have a special treat tonight. Kim mentioned a couple of impactful songs, and one of them is Oceans. Tonight, we have the honor of hearing that particular song from one of our incredible podcast guests from the past, Leslie Page. 
Leslie shared her two-part story on episodes 19 and 20, and she also happens to be a cancer survivor, so it is so fitting to have her be the one to sing this song for you listeners tonight. Ladies, we hope you are touched by her music and these lyrics. Here's Leslie with Oceans. Oh 
presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. That was such a blessing to me. Thank you for that song. The words just really mean a lot to me and they have a lot. It's so special to have Leslie share her musical gifts with us. I, I love that we get to draw on the Story Night family and connect in different ways. Her story is incredible. And Kim, your story is incredible. And we know that there are listeners out there who are in the middle of their own stories and God is an incredible author, and so he's going to write incredible stories for all of you listening as well. So as we close, Kim, I would love to ask you to pray for the ladies listening, no matter where they are at in their own personal stories. Absolutely. Let's pray. Lord, I just, I praise you, God, first and foremost, Lord, that you are the one true God, Lord, that you are a God that does miracles, Lord, that does heal. Lord, I'm an example of your healing. Lord, I pray for any woman that may be going through this hard valley time right now, Lord, that may be going through cancer or or anything hard, Lord, that they would just put their faith and trust in you, Lord. They would not doubt you, Lord, but they would just lean into you, Lord. Lord, you are strong enough to carry them through, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that you would be evident and real in each and every one of these women's lives, Lord. And I pray, Jesus, that you would just heal, Lord, where it needs to be healed, Lord, whether it be physically or emotionally or spiritually, Lord, in these women's lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would move in their lives, Lord. Give us a hunger for you and your word, Lord. And I praise you, God, Lord, for being so good and so faithful in my life, Lord. And I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, Kim. 
thank you everybody for listening. And I think I may have mentioned this maybe once or twice before in one in a previous episode, but if if you've been listening for a while and and you're enjoying this, if you haven't yet and you get a chance just to to tap with a for a rating or or even type a review, the more that that happens, the more that the podcast is viewable and it just kind of helps it spread. Get these stories to other women who can really be blessed by them. We've we've been so excited to have 40 plus countries tune in to this little podcast that was born out of a pandemic, but we know that the stories are valuable and that it's because God wrote them. So if you if you can do that to help us get these stories to other women who might really need to hear them, that would be amazing. Thank you again, Kim, so much for sharing. Thank you listeners for tuning in and we hope you come back next time for our next story. Good night, y'all. The Story Night Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Mac. For more women's stories, visit calvarymac.com slash women. Mm-hmm.